What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Sherry Moon, a.k.a. Snook Nook, over Zoom video. Sherry was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, and she talks about how she got into music, grew up in the church, sang gospel and the church choir, thought she was going to go to school to be a doctor. When she graduated high school, she went to college near Nashville, and one of her friends that she met in college was from New York City, and she took her to New York on, on a trip, just like a, you know one of the holidays they went to New York. She absolutely fell in love with it, decided to drop everything and come to New York. She moves to New York on the train when she got to New York on her way there. She meets a group of girls, ends up joining this girl group, and that's where her music career really started. She talked about working with Timberland, having records of hers get picked up by different artists in the UK and having them remix the songs, and how she started a career in children's music. We talk all about her new project, which is nominated for a Grammy this year, her first ever Grammy nomination, Best Children's Music Album, with her group called One Tribe Collective. So she tells us all about that project, her song on the record, and being nominated for a Grammy Award. You can watch our interview with Sherry on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on either Spotify or Apple Music, it'd be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Sherry Moon, a.k.a. Snook Nook. Well, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, this podcast is about you and your journey in music. And I want to talk to you, obviously, about the, the Grammy-nominated record. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me and taking the time out, actually, for this. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, I did see you're from, are you from Memphis, born and raised in Memphis? Originally, yeah, born and raised in Memphis, a Southern girl. Yeah. Okay. I just, I was telling uh, Brandon here a second ago that my family and I, I'm originally from San Diego and we just moved to Nashville like less than a year ago in February. Oh, wow. Wow. Why did you uh, choose Nashville? I mean, it's a fantastic city, but I'm always curious. Just, we've heard a bunch of good things. Actually through this podcast, I met a bunch of people that were like, kept talking about Nashville. I'm like, huh. It has a pandemic. There's school open in Nashville. Let's, let's see what this is about. Yeah. Well, it's a great city. It's it's beautiful. And they've done so much to it in the last few years. It's and it's just really thriving, especially in the music industry. Oh, yeah. I, I moved here thinking it was a country town. And no, I mean, I mean, obviously, yes, there's country, yes, here, but not to right. the ex- I thought it was like only country music, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, there's all different genres are being created here, which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it has really di- diversified in like the last 10 years, I would say, has really come along. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was there, when I was in Tennessee, it was pretty much country, just straight country. country right. <laughs> you know, um, and then I went to college, actually, 40 minutes from Nashville. So I spent a lot of time driving from school with friends to go out and stuff like that in Nashville. And it was nothing like it is today. Okay. So, Where did you go? Middle Tennessee? No, I went to oh. um, Austin Peay State University in Clarksville, Tennessee. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. See, a I'm lot of my friends, a lot of middle. my friends chose Middle State, but I, Middle Tennessee, but I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. just curious. That's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. It's not from like Vanderbilt and maybe 
Another one. But you said 40 minutes outside. So it's like, oh, maybe it's Murfreesboro. <laughs> oh, we'll see. Again, I had another I had a friend that went to Murfreesboro as well. Well, that's you know? I think that's where Middle Tennessee University is. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so but there's, isn't there like a, a, a there's a community college, though, there or something? Oh, maybe. I, I don't know. I've only driven by the college and I'm like, oh. That's yeah. where Middle Tennessee University is. Yeah, yeah. But when you said out 40 minutes away, I figured maybe it was there. So yeah, I obviously don't know a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to learn. But yeah. like Clarksville, yeah, it was about four. Usually, I guess in the evening it was about, because we always drove up in the in the evenings to go out. So it was, you know, 40, 40. It was uh-huh. under an hour. Oh, okay. So, That's yeah. cool. Well, we're about to have a tornado here, so. You're not missing Uh, that much. (laughs) I don't miss those. We had a lot of those in Memphis growing up. I tell my kids nowadays, too. I'm like, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. Because they like, oh, because I live in L.A. now. And they go, oh, what about the earthquakes and this and that? I'm like, don't happen nearly as much. Okay, (laughs) like you have nothing to worry about. The last person I just interviewed somebody a a little while ago that was in L.A. And they lived in they were in Nashville when the that big one hit right before then COVID happened and the bomb happened. Like it was all this tor- terrible yes. stuff happened in Nashville, like back yeah. to back to back to back. And then she's like, yeah, that's why I didn't want to move there. And I moved here not really realizing how many warnings there are, tornado warnings. But I came from <laughs> California where I was like, oh my gosh, there's going to be an earthquake. I'm like, I lived there for 37 years. I experienced right. them, but I never saw, I mean, luckily I wasn't in it, you know, San Francisco when the bridge fell or oh, North right. Ridge when that yeah. big one hit. But I mean, they're so few and far between that it's not like right. here. I've been here for less than a year and I've, we've already experienced like so many tornado like watches yeah. and warnings. It's, it's different. It's so crazy. I tell, you know, I, I can remember quite a few that were really scary when I was younger, you know, and mm-hmm. I always like explain them and they go, really? That happened? I'm like, yeah, it did. Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. Like I could hear the wind like, you know. Howling before, right now? Yeah, oh it's just like. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I do not miss that. I don't think I would move back, unfortunately. <laughs> well, so Memphis, though, I, that, you, you know, mu- there's another huge music city here yeah. in, yeah. in Tennessee. Tell me about living there. Well, I mean, Memphis is just amazing on the music front because there's so many. It's not just, it's, it's, it's always been very diverse. Right. Uh, I mean, I grew up starting with uh, gospel. You know, my, my, my family was heavy into gospel. We were going to mm-hmm. church many times a, a, a week and we had mm-hmm. our own gospel choir and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, it's really heavy into also um, jazz and blues and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. And that's just amazing too, to be around and all the, the jazz and blues clubs downtown and Bill street. And, you know, it was just incredible. It was really rich with uh, a music culture to grow up with. So I am really grateful that I actually had that experience growing up because honestly, it, has really paved what my life is like now. It's, it's, it's created me as a person. And I feel mm-hmm. like I owe it to what I do now and all my talents and everything I get up to, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's just, it's an incredible town. Um, and as far as like a lot of history and all of that stuff, I mean, it, they've, they've kind of done a lot to Memphis too. Not as much as Nashville. Nashville has come along quite a bit more mm-hmm. than Memphis. Um, but, you know, I mean, Memphis is a great state. Also, you know, nowadays, you know, really rich with the hip hop, the hip hop culture as well. You know, oh, so yeah. there's a lot there's a lot to be said for that city and, you know, Nashville as well. So it's 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 got a lot of great uh, culture there. Mm-hmm. So when we yeah. drove here, when we were moving here, 
we stayed in in Memphis. It was I I thought it was such a cool town. I mean, you come over that bridge from Arkansas, you're like uh-huh. in Memphis, Arkansas, and then now you're in Memphis, Tennessee. I was like, what? Yeah, is that? Like, and you're like downtown. You see the pyramid and yeah. like the island. Yeah, it's you great. You go over the Mississippi River. I mean, it's just it was really cool. Yeah, it is. It is, and you can feel like I I feel different when I'm there for sure, and I feel like wow, there's just, there, there is a lot to learn because there is so much his, history there, you mm-hmm. know? So um, I, I do kind of miss that. I mean, now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, I, I do kind of miss that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to convince you to move back. <laughs> I know, you're, you're, I'm like reminiscing going, oh, maybe I could. <laughs> Get off the call. Never you're never. like, all right, girls, we're moving back to I know, Tennessee. I know. Uh, never say never. That's what right. I say. So you grew up in the church. Was that where you got kind of, into music was through singing the choir and gospel mm -hmm. choir and stuff. Yeah. My family, uh, I mean, everybody in my family is musical in some way. If they don't sing vocally, then they play an instrument, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we went to, we were, and and again, being, you know, growing up, growing up in the South, going to high schools, the high schools down there were, were actually really um, great with music. You know, we had marching bands and, you know, we used to play instruments and read music and all of that stuff. Not mm-hmm. a lot of that happens nowadays, which I'm a little sad about because I wish that my kids could experience that. Um, I think some of the schools maybe in the Midwest and the South maybe still have a lot of those programs inside the schools, but mm-hmm. not so much, um, you know, up north, you know. And, and uh, so it's a little sad to know mm-hmm. that they won't have that similar experience that I had that was so amazing um Mm -hmm. but yeah you know i was in the marching band i played the clarinet (laughs) oh cool and and then you know i played the violin for a little bit i mean i I didn't stick with it with it you know maybe more than a few years but still i got to have those experiences playing at the basketball games and the in the football games and the scrimmages and all that stuff Mm -hmm. um but anyway uh my yeah so my family someone always someone played the drums someone played the guitar someone was on the trumpet you know mm-hmm. and then you know the, we had the singers and the harmonizers and so we were always if we weren't out singing somewhere we were singing in the house you know so it was we were just we were very musical and did you like go through high i mean you said you're in the marching band and, and bands mm-hmm. like that but did you then pursue music out after high school I didn't initially. No, Um, I because, you know, again, I mean, not again, because I didn't say this, but you get a little kind of limited in your thinking sometimes when you come from smaller towns, because you you have these music idols and these entertainment gods that you look up to and you listen to and so on and so forth. But no one really teaches you how the road to success in the music industry in Memphis, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're not teaching that in school. They're teaching you whether you want to be a, a doctor or a lawyer, or, you know, the most common, uh, you know, careers. Right. Right. Uh, no one's really explaining to you how to get into the music industry, how to be an actress, how to, what's a voiceover artist, you know, all of these things you don't know about. So though I had the passion to do it, I didn't know how to do it. And, um, yeah, so I, I I started down a road of thinking I was going to be a, a doctor. I was going to be a, a, a gynecologist. So I was starting the nursing, you know, medical program at Austin P, thinking that oh, oh, I was wow. going to do this. And yeah, so 
until I met a girlfriend at school and uh-huh. um, she had family in New York and she used to go visit every summer or something. And I was like, New York, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, she's like explaining all the stuff, everything they do. And I'm like, oh man, I want to go. And she was like, well, you should come with me one time. And so I remember being so excited, you know, I'd never mm-hmm. been on an airplane, you know, I'd never really been outside of Memphis necessarily other than going to, you know, college and maybe Nashville a few times. So it was just like, wow, I'm going to New York suddenly. And I remember when we bought our um, train ticket from, no, actually we bought our Southwest ticket, our Southwest airplane ticket from from Nashville to I think it was uh, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. Philadelphia because it didn't go all the way to New York oh, so you had to take like the train or something yeah there was like, the train from right from from Philadelphia to Penn Station in New York so that was the route and um yeah so that was my first trip and then I knew right away I knew that I wanted to be in New York after that like that was it for me I mean, I was, I was there literally two weeks later, like a couple, like two, three weeks max. I went back to Clarksville, wrapped up everything. I was like, okay. And I, I literally moved. Really? Did yep. you see so you stopped going? You just, did you quit going to school there and everything? I, uh, yep. I had gone to school for, I think, cause I was going year round. I wasn't taking any summers off. Okay. So, um, so even though I'd only been in school for about two and a half years, I'd done maybe three years or three and a quarter worth of courses. You courses, know? got it. And um, yeah, I was just like, I'm out of here. I'm, I, I know where I need to be. This is my calling. I must go. And literally, I just left. And when you got to New York, like, like the calling was, did you want to be in the music business? Is that what, okay. what happened when you got there? Like, I'm- no, no, not, not right away. I got into a fashion. I started modeling first okay. and uh, going on auditions and things like that. And things just started to evolve. And that's what I love about that city because you meet people in your, just your day-to-day transitioning, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on the train, on the sidewalk, in the bodega, like, you know, you just meet people. And it's so funny because the first three months I was like, oh God, everybody's so rude and they don't say excuse me and thank you and hello and you know, all those kind words. Yeah, that um, was all new to me when I got here. I'm like, wait, why does everybody <laughs> like wave to you? And like, why is everyone so nice? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so funny. But really in New York, it's not that people are rude. They're, you know, they're just very straightforward. They're very direct. They're very just like in your face. Yeah, it's like in LA, same thing. San Diego, it's like, it's just like, you know, so I I wasn't used to that. Yeah. (laughs) But once I learned that, I was like, oh, wow. You know, and I just meeting people was so much easier. You know, just you can strike up a conversation and like, and you meet so many people in one day. Mm -hmm. And it was just fascinating. So, you know, needless to say, I met a lot of people. I'm a very social person, you know, so I, I met a lot of people, got invited to, I would crash auditions and just show up at places. <laughs> and like, yeah, it was just like, okay, oh, there's one. Oh, okay. What time? Okay. I, I'll have time after, you know, like it was that life. Okay. And um, so one of my girlfriends was um, working with, um, or she wasn't working, she was friends with one of the people that worked with Timberland and they were in the studio one day. And I, at this point, I met these girls on the train had connected with some other girls through them and joined this girl group that was already, they already had two girls and they needed someone else. So, oh, so you're like, I can sing. Like, let me, let me join your group or I'll join your group. 
I auditioned for the group and I got mm-hmm. in and, but literally it was just by, you know, meeting someone on the train, you know, that's, yeah, that's wild. It's crazy. And so, um, so that's how I started doing music really. And then my friend who, my, my friend who was also a model was hanging out at the studio and was like, Oh, you guys need to come up and sing for Tim. Come on. You know? So we literally rushed up there oh, and yeah. sang for Tim, you know? And so that's kind of how that all started. And then what he signed you to a publishing deal or something? Not right away. He didn't okay. sign us uh, right away. It was basically like we sang and he was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you know, come back another day. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so, well, that for me is like, if you say, if you give me one inch, I'm going to take a whole, you know, I'm going to take You're like, it. come back. Okay. Gonna, I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be there. You know? So yeah, we just, we kept going, we kept going and just hanging out and waiting and waiting, waiting until something happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing that happened was like, oh, he, they were working on a song and he was like, oh, can you go see, go see this background part, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then that kept happening more and more and more. And then we started to become, to become friends with people around the studio. Uh, uh, his uh, engineer and mixer, Jimmy Douglas, became one of our mentors and then became really our manager, per se, really. Because um, okay. he really, yeah, he really kind of handled our day-to-day business and, and really orchestrated the, the uh, production deal that we did do with Tim and his uh, production company. Mm-hmm. Um, which was fantastic. So once that started to happen, then we started to ride and, you know, and it, it just kind of start, started rolling from there. And is that when, so how long did that group last for? And then what was like, what so, happened after that? Yeah. So the group, so that group initially was just me, Michelle, and this other girl, we, we were all of mixed race and mm-hmm. uh, Donna was her name. And Donna was an um, Asian girl and she actually quit, quit the group. So then it was just Michelle and I who were the lead singers and actually the ones that wrote. So we had, to, we actually had to hold auditions to find other girls to join the group. Oh yeah. So, which we did, we found two other girls to join the group. Um, one Colombian girl and one just Hispanic uh, girl from I forgot where uh, my was from. But anyway, we were all just mixed and Michelle was an Irish girl. And mm-hmm. um, so we were all multi-ethnic, you know, which was fantastic. And yeah, so once we got the four girl group together and we started to record more and more songs. And then at one point, um, Missy came in and wanted to have us change our name to the Mary Jane girls and market us, market us as that. And that whole thing, we were doing showcases and But unfortunately, that group fell apart because the two girls decided they didn't want to be a part of the group anymore because they weren't singing lead vocals. You know, the whole Uh, the ego girl group (laughs) drama that goes. It just goes with the territory, I guess. You know, so it left me and Michelle there and which was fine because, you know, we were the again, we were doing all the recording and we were doing all the writing and the studio work and all that stuff. So we just continued to do that. And. You know, we got we we made some leeway with um, some writing and some background parts. And before we just things just kept falling apart until, you know, we were just like, I mean, we just got tired after a while. And then we were just like, okay, we want to focus on just being an artist and not just be writers in the studio and not Mm -hmm. ever grace the stage anymore. So I think that we kind of just like struck out on our own. And I started writing more dance music and um club anthems and things like that, which was great because what ended up happening then is, is a lot of DJs from um, England and a lot of European DJs got a hold of them and uh, they started remixing a lot of the songs. And then suddenly 
my songs were in rotation in Europe. So that oh, was Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So, so you would, what, uh, these DJs would just find the records or you'd send them out to mm-hmm. people and then they would yep. do that? Wow. Yep. So I was sending them out to like different management companies that would, that um, housed and managed like different DJs. And, you know, they'll give them like samples and things like that just to see if they like them. And then if they come up with something and then, you know, labels pick it up and it starts spinning and, and it goes into rotation, then you, it's, it's fantastic. And I was mm-hmm. lucky enough to have three songs that actually did that, which was amazing. Wow. Yeah. And did that open up the door for you to have like more sessions or like, how did that affect yes. your career? Yeah. So that affected my career in, in the sense that I really got a chance to work with a lot of producers, mm-hmm. um, writing more songs and having just really, um, that was really the first time that I'd had any of my songs play in clubs and on the radio. And I had to go to um, London for a few shows and things like that. Wow. And when I was there, my I had to shoot a video. I shot my video in America, in Seattle, actually. And um, when I was there, it was in rotation on MTV there. So I was just really like, oh, my God, this is amazing, you know, because I'd never had that happen. And I had been in the industry for a while at that point, you know? Yeah, that's amazing to show to see a video of yours on MTV. That had to be Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was really I was that was great. It was a great point in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I was this is where I made the transition into kind of well, not the transition, because I still was writing pop songs and dance songs, but. I, um, I, you know, that I had my, my girls at that point, I uh-huh. had had children and I had started writing these songs that I hadn't really finished. But one, at one point I had come back from London I came back to LA and my second daughter was maybe seven months or whatever. And I'd already written maybe 10 to 12 children's songs and I wanted to work on more. And I, mm-hmm. so my mind just started spinning, spinning, spinning with these songs. And um, I found this producer um, who I started working with, Sandy Kila, who was amazing because he just literally came in and just like anything I came up with or whatever, we just like explored it, you know? Mm-hmm. So all these little explorations in the studio just kind of turned into these epic <laughs> songs because literally all I really had were hooks to begin with and then they just turned into these like long epic epic things so it's so funny um so that's yeah, when you so started ri- like writing like is that when your career in children's like music began yeah. then yes yes okay. yeah it, uh, I just started writing and then I did then I was like oh I'm producing an album then I'm doing this and I'm doing that and right were yeah, you playing because I've seen like some of the stuff on YouTube you've done where you're you're like you know, it's like a full on show, right? You're mm-hmm, talking yeah. to people and playing. But what I, I've I've interviewed a handful of artists in your genre. Uh, and I, what I vividly remember from a couple of those interviews is like, like Lori Berkner, I've interviewed her and like oh. Sharon Lowe and Bram. And like they were saying like, you know, they all had a similar story where they were, it wasn't like they were like, I'm going to write kids songs. Like that's right. going to be my career path. It's like everyone had these kind of stories where you land you land on this, this kind of niche market. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was interesting is like the shows, instead of playing at midnight or 10 PM on a Friday, Saturday night, it's like, yep. all right, we're going to play Saturday at noon. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like what a cool yeah. time slot to have. I mean, you're, I know. That did, was did you funny. get to yeah. do that stuff? Like, I mean, oh I would imagine, God. right. When I was doing the club stuff, 
specifically, uh-huh. sometimes my stage time wasn't until like midnight or like yeah. one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? You know, you're like, what am I going to do to stay awake? No, I was a night out anyway. So it wasn't mm-hmm. bad, but it was like just the fact that you sing, you're singing and performing. That and, late. I mean, you're yeah. waiting around. You're kind of like, okay, am I, you know, yeah, it's 11 yeah. o'clock. I still have three yeah. hours. Until my exactly. Set. Which was, yeah, I didn't, I didn't complain so much when I was single and I didn't have kids, sure. but when, you know, here I am in London and I took my girls with me too. So it was like one time I, and I had to hire oh, a, wow. uh, I had to hire a, a nanny when I got there. Cause uh-huh. I didn't have, I was staying with, um, a friend, oh, actually my, uh, at the time, my, uh, anyway, I was staying with a friend. And mm-hmm. so I literally had to find someone to take care of my girls while I go and go do a show. And so I'm leaving to go at like seven at night. I'm not getting back till like three, four in the morning. Right. And of course, you know, they're waking up at six. Oh, I know. I have two kids too. I can, it'd be brutal. Right. What am I doing? Right. Like I'm like, uh, so I'm not sleeping. So how am I supposed to be like this alert mom? And Mm -hmm. like it was, it was hard. It was really hard. So (laughs) I was like, oh God. Yeah, landing in the kids' world is huge. I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Your girls must have had a huge kick out of that. Like, oh, mom's performing and you know putting on these things and. Yeah, they love it. They love it so much. It's so funny because they would go to my shows. They would, you know, they, they'd have, it's like having a gigantic play date for them, you know? Right, right, right. For sure. <laughs> you know, it's like this whole crowd of kids and they're like dancing and things to play streamers and, and instruments and what, you know, they're at like a, you know, kids concerts now are like real concerts. They're like little kindy rock concerts. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so funny. It's really uh, funny. But I think it's so good. I never knew about this growing up at all. It was all new to me. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about I was just talking to someone yesterday yesterday about this, because the good thing about this whole thing uh, with us being nominated for the, the Grammys and things like mm-hmm. this is that, yes, I knew about um, artists like Lori Berkner and the Wiggles and mm-hmm. Raffi and you know, um, I can name quite a, quite, quite a few more, but I didn't really know a lot of um, ethnic children's artists, you know, and specifically black artists that were doing yeah. children's music and family music. Mm-hmm. Not until maybe just a couple of two, three years ago that I discover that there's so many people that look like me doing what I do. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. You know, so this this is amazing. And the fact that this collaboration with the All One Tribe and the One Tribe Collective um, being nominated for a collaboration album in children's music, family music genre is just incredible. It really is, because I think it's going to bring awareness to not only the children that are, you know, looking at this and and now being able to see people that look like them, you know, ethnic kids that are looking, they're like, oh, wow, you know, but other artists that are black or Hispanic or whatever Mm -hmm. can look and go, oh, wow, these people are like, there's more, you know, like, I never knew that. Right. So I I think it's just, it's just amazing the representation that I think that this is going to start to um, help put in and put in place. Sure. When did the project begin? Was this something that started fairly recently? Yeah. So it started, we, so two years ago, a year before last, my, my second Snook Nook album got 
um, submitted for the Grammys and it didn't make it onto the final ballot. And of course that brought about disappointment and so on and so forth. But what it did, what happened is, is that I got a chance to connect with a lot of different artists in that genre, because when you vote or when you are in this whole world, you listen to who's on the ballots. You yeah, know right, I mean? right. And you find you, out these different artists. Yeah, because you get to vote, right? I mean, not yeah, every, to, like I can't just cast a vote for the Grammys. I mean, you right. have to be in there. You have to, exactly. You have to be a voting member, a Grammy member right? in order to vote. Yeah. And in order to vote, you have to listen to these artists and the songs that are the songs and the albums that are nominated. You know, mm-hmm. so I got I connected after that first um, the last year's um, Grammys and uh, connected with a lot of different artists. And really, I mean, and not just from L.A., these are people all around the world, which is incredible, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just started, you know, having like these Zoom meetings and, you know, things like Instagram lives and collaborating and so on and so forth. And then we just decided to do an album together. Mm-hmm. And um, it was spearheaded by uh, Aaron Nigel, who is this uh, amazing um, teacher and educator and musician. He does a lot uh-huh. of uh, reggaeton. I, I interviewed him before. I know him. Oh, very did well. you? Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. She's so like, he he's a, he's awesome. He's really good. Yeah. He so he's the executive producer along with Amelia uh, Robinson from um, New York. Her, oh, awesome. Um, yeah. So they were the they were the main producers, and then they just brought us all together and was like, "Hey, let's let's put together this album." And a lot of the artists that are on this album really came with messages, uh, positive reinforcements, um, just a lot of different subjects that were really great for uh, children in general, mm-hmm. but a, a more specifically um, kids of color mm-hmm. um, and those type of topics. And it's just amazing. Like my song on the album is called We're All the Same. And it's about, you know, being all of everyone having all all their differences and being from different backgrounds and cultures and having different hair and color and eyes and everything. But we're all the same. If we work together, we're on this planet Earth. We can work together and make it work, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the, you know, the the messaging that I, I love about this album. It's just it's all positive. Social awareness is is fantastic. I love that. That's such a great message too. And I know, and I, I don't know if you even feel like touching on this, but I think it was last year's Grammys. There was a big controversy in the children's yeah. music category and artists mm-hmm. were pulling out of it and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had, what was it? Three, we had three artists that, um, that reneged, pulled, basically. Right? Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. They decided they weren't going to accept the nomination. Um, well, basically, you know, this genre was heavily dominated by male artists and more specifically white male artists. Right. Um, yeah. And, um, and, and a lot of, you know, folk music as well. Um, mm-hmm. There was not a lot of diversity in this, um, in this category. And so, you know, when you were looking at the different nominations over the years, it was a lot of the same names popping up and this and that, and actually right. not a lot of women either, you know, like, well, I did say male dominated. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was just that, um, it was a, just a year where I think everybody was just kind of feeling like everybody needed to speak out. Right. I mean, right. last year was the year of like, okay, we are not taking this any right. across <laughs> the board. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's this organization called family music forward and they mm-hmm. were instrumental in putting us all together. Everybody in this genre who had a voice and who wanted to speak out 
And I was one of those people actually to put out a press release and, and speak against um, uh, this, this, this category, not having a lot of diversity and, mm-hmm. and, and not really showing a, enough representation um, in it. So, um, so yeah, so it was a huge thing. And also a lot of people didn't don't know that the Grammys for the final ballot, there was always a group of people or a private group that would finalize the who would be on the on the final ballot oh really and, mm-hmm. so it wasn't just yeah. like okay this person got the most votes no for the first round yes but then right, but to, you would think that not would for that be... final round exactly it was up to this committee so ah, um this is actually that's a bit shady exactly so the thing is, is that after we had spoken out and a lot of people really wrote letters and really was um, vocal about it, mm-hmm. um, this was the first year actually where the committee does not exist and it is all peer voting, you know, wow. so it's all voting throughout every, every, every stage, which is amazing. I didn't know that. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, wow. I didn't know that there was a committee that was voting on the very end yeah. either. So, yeah. wow, that's that's awesome because now everybody has a level playing field, right? Exactly. I mean, things. Say yeah. yeah. Say I was on the committee and you, you know, I, my band was playing with you at one point in time, and you, you know, I didn't get to play. Or you know, there could be some weird, stupid. Uh, you just don't bias, know. and then it's you like, well, she's not going to win because yeah. I have a grudge. Yeah. I mean, it was supposedly that, you know, I mean, they ha- they explained or tried to say how it worked, but you still at the end of the day, who who knows? Right. That's not. A, yeah, exactly. You know, it's not like, a Democratic vote at all. Right? It's just like, <laughs> yeah. So. It's just, yeah, you don't you don't know. You, you don't know. The numbers are yeah. like, you know, cut and dry. It's just like, here's yeah. this. You got this many votes and this person got this many votes. Yes. So this person yes. wins. Exactly. That's interesting. But, I didn't know that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this was actually this marks the first year that this has been um, just pure voting, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to have had a, a, a part in that, which is That's incredible. really exciting. Are you going to be at the Grammys then? I am. It's in so Vegas, it's so, right? Yes, it's in Vegas. I mean, I'm a little bummed that it's not going to be in L.A. because, you know, all the events leading up to the day is Are not going to really happen necessarily. Yeah. It's weird but, that they moved it. I mean, the, I guess that they said because of COVID, but it's like, yeah. you just had the Super Bowl in, in Los Angeles. Let's be real. Yeah. But the thing is, is that they didn't want to chance it having it in LA because things could close down or change ah, at any minute. Any moment. Vegas Got keeps you. their regulations. They don't just change, you know, it's not like flip flop like LA. They just so. know that it's going to be, yeah, yeah, this is going to be it. You know, mm-hmm. no change. They know Got it's it. going to air. Yeah. So they okay. just wanted to be sure. So that's why I'm like, okay, if that is, if that gets us to happen, gets it to happen live, then I'm, I'm all for it because mm-hmm. I was actually going to be depressed if I, <laughs> my first year nominated and uh, there's no ceremony. I'm like, Oh God. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Especially the people that had that experience probably the last couple of years. It's like, mm-hmm. you're nominated, but you get to yeah. win via the zoom. Right. Like, oh, yeah. fun. From your bedroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad you get to actually attend and everything. That's yeah. Great. This is going to be incredible because we're all going to be there. And I think we're trying, we're trying to put together a showcase too. Um, yeah. So I'm excited. And then, you know, like I've never met Aaron. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Like we've yeah. never met each other like in person. So uh-huh. 
this is going to be incredible. All of us coming to one place and actually physically being in the same room with each other mm -hmm. after working together for over a year, basically, because we started working together at the beginning of last year, okay. you know? So yeah, this is going to be it's quite a moment. So how did the record all kind of come together then? Like if you had your own song and there's other people that have their songs, mm -hmm. could you produce your song out and then give it to, to, air, to, to whoever yeah, is putting all, that together? together? Like how did that work? Yeah. I mean, again, Aaron and Amelia were really the executive producer putting it all together and like kind of organizing it. Mm -hmm. But we all made it happen in terms of like, okay, decide we like we just had meetings, like maybe bi-weekly meetings on Zoom. Everybody got on, talked about the type of topics they wanted to hear, the things they wanted to do, who's going to collaborate, who's playing this, who, you know, we got to choose who we wanted to work with, who we, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then we also made sure that one of the songs, which is um, one of the signature songs um, on there, that we all got to sing together oh, you cool. know, as well. That you know, cool. So, yeah, I mean, it's amazing what you can do with technology nowadays. And, you know, this is proof that, you know, we've never met one another other than, you know, Zoom virtually. And mm -hmm. We put together this whole album, record it together, you know, all these sending people vocal files and this and that and instrument files. And it's and crazy. Now it's up for a Grammy. And How, now it's up for a Grammy. I mean, so cool. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. So okay. grateful. Yeah. Congratulations, Sherry. That's so awesome. Um, Thank you. I, yeah, I Thank really you. hope you win. That'd be Thank so you. Cool. And I appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to hang out with me and chat with. No, it was really fun. Us. It was what we're, I know we were like rambling on and on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. That's what the point of this is. I'd love to hear you. I love your story. It's so amazing. And thank you. Like I said, so cool that you're, you have the record up for a Grammy this year and I hope you win. Thank um, you. I have one more quick question though. I want to know yeah. if you have uh, any advice for aspiring artists. Never. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I know everybody says it and I looked at the screen too when they said it and, I, and every, every time someone says never quit, never give up on your dreams. And it sounds so cliche because I would just be like, mm -hmm, yeah, OK, it's easy for you to say because you're you're standing there and you're holding this trophy or you're standing there. and You've sold this many albums, you right. know, um, but honestly, I am a living proof that like I mean, it's been 20 something years since I've been in. I mean, I've been in the industry that long. And, um, I remember my mentor, Jimmy Douglas, who was Timberland's, uh, mixer engineer who, um, I went to the Grammys twice, by the way, um, like years ago, I went one mm -hmm. year with Timberland and them and the group and the whole thing. And the second time I went, I said, I'm not coming back here unless I'm invited. That's what I said. So the day I got the nomination, Jimmy calls me up and he's like, I remember you said, you're not going back until you're you're not you're invited and now you're invited wow like, crazy crazy so i say amazing. to aspiring artists and and this is one of my sayings and i'm going to say it over and over and over and over again never get out of mind before it's your turn mm -hmm.